0: Plushcare.com weight loss. Right. Who did it? Who did it? Recently here on ups and Downs, we were talking about the fact that, oh, there's not that many count outs, there's not that many disqualifications, and then we get to this episode of Raw... And we went DQ crazy. Do I need someone to blame? So you will write a letter to the Bald A-hole at Bull Drive in Bald Town, which is the dumbest thing I've ever said, and then we will be able to sort this matter out. Otherwise, hello. My name is Simon. From what culture? Thank you for joining me as always. And it is time to take the finger of power and give the good bits an up and the bad bits a down for the after show of WrestleMania Backlash. Although it's just called Monday Night Raw. <laughs> Okay, bro, we're out to start Raw this week, and really, because we don't have a WWE Championship on our Monday night program, these guys are basically the main event. But here they were sad, because obviously at the premium live event, they had taken on Roman Reigns and the Usos, and they had lost. Randy Orton especially focused on the big dog, because he was all like, well, you know why he ripped up the contract, because he knew that we would beat the Usos. And then I heard the words that I wanted to hear because they still want to unify the championships. Riddle said they're going to go to SmackDown and make sure this is going to happen. I was like, yes, yes, for the love of everything, do it. They followed up with the fact that if the Usos do refuse, it's because Reigns doesn't have faith in his cousins. So they're like pulling the strings here (laughs) when they got interrupted by the Street Profits. So that is 76 in WWE and 117 interruptions in all of professional wrestling. And they made their point very clearly. They were like, look, We told you after the pay-per-view premium live event, we want to have a title match, so we're demanding it right now. We then did go right into this match, (laughs) and the Street Profits lost. Whoops. And look, this is always good, it's always fun, but WWE desperately needs to introduce some new tag teams, because we're just going round and round and round and round. But I did enjoy this, so it's was getting it up. Montez Four hit this insane dive, which triggered the commercial break, as is the way. But the real thing that sparked my interest is that there was a little bit of fracas between Randy Orton and Riddle. Now, this was all accidental, but you could just see we're planting the seeds here. And I ain't going to lie to you. I'll tell you the truth. When Orton does turn on Riddle, or Riddle turns on Orton, I will stand here and water will come out of my face. There's was also an awesome near fall after a frog splash courtesy of Montez Ford and Randy Orton broke it up at 2.9999, but the finish here, because Montez is a smart wrestler. He was like, well, that was obviously going to do it, so I'll go for another one, but Riddle caught him in midair. He hit the RKO. He got the 1-2-3. Randy Orton looked at him like the proudest father ever. This was absolutely brilliant. Straight after this, too, we got it confirmed that it is actually going to be Cody Rhodes versus Theory for the United States title. So I stand by my own theory. The way WWE books is they get a giant hat and they just pull names and situations out of it. So Cody Rhodes, Theory, US title, there's Raw. Now, it seems to make sense to me to not put Rhodes in any kind of championship match until he goes to the big one. But look at me, what the hell do I know? And Theory did come out here. And his big point was, I ain't worried about this because the last time Cody was in WWE, I was still in diapers that you don't have that memory, shut up. And then... It was time for Judgment Day. And now I don't mean that the four horsemen were here with the apocalypse. I am talking about Edge. I am talking about Damien Priest. And I'm talking about their new recruit, Rhea Ripley. Although there is something else that's new here. Because Edge has got a spangly new haircut. Now, I was a little worried about this explanation because you know my thoughts on this group. If you have watched ups and downs before. And unfortunately, it did go in the direction I was fearing. However, I figured it out now. They look so damn cool. And there's so much potential here it's just the stuff they're written down to say it is absolutely stupid because Edge started telling us once again that the reason they had all steered down the wrong path is because of us the fans we're always to blame but then he contradicted himself because oh look at me i only got in the hall of fame but no wait i'm i'm bigger i'm better than the hall of fame i was like edge just don't say anything but also ugly keyboard warriors which actually made me laugh because like oh my gosh it's like the most ridiculous insult i've ever heard in my life although you do have to give them some credit because every time they do do this, everyone goes, boo, boo, we hate you. Damien Priest soon got the microphone and said that they would added an instrument of brutality to the mix. I put my hand up even though he couldn't see it because I wanted to go, uh, demo. nobody has ever said that sentence in the history of the world. It was in reference to Ripley, of course, and yet it's our fault. We did it. She doesn't like the fact that people went up to her in airports and got her to sign things and then put them on eBay which begs the question, does Rhea Ripley spend her time away from the ring Googling her own signed merchandise to see if she could recognize it. She also hates Liv Morgan, and wouldn't it have been better if she had just said, hey, back in the day, Edge was the ultimate opportunist, and that allowed him to win championships. I want to win championships. I kept losing, so I've gone and shacked up with Edge. And you go, no, yeah, that's a really good point. You should do that. So it's the same problem for me. And I've already said it, but I'll say it again. They are great and they are cool. But then they talk and I'm like, this this doesn't match up at all. It's like the scripts somewhere along the line got mixed up and nobody has noticed. Now, Edge did also tease that there will be a fourth member. So I believe in this. And I think we're going to get a few months down the line and go, oh my gosh, judgment day are amazing. But in terms of what they did on this floor, got to get it down. It also seems like Edge has done away with his big chair, which is probably for the best. And then we did get Rhea Ripley versus Liv Morgan. This was a lot better. Because while they did get some time here, it was basically Rhea absolutely destroying her until she locked in the Texas Cloverleaf, meaning Liv had to tap out. And then Edge was like a parent at a football game, going, get her again, get her again. So she did. He was like, (laughs) ha ha. Uh, damn it. We then also had a nice tease because AJ Styles and Finn Balor came out together, so of course you'd have to figure they can team with Liv Morgan and we can do a bunch of six-person tag team matches here and this got me excited especially because we can come up with a brand new name for them. I mean, we can't use the one you're thinking of, but how about instead the Slug Society? You know, you know, if you don't know, you don't know, but all this getting up. Now there was a reason for this because Finn Balor was going to take on Damian Priest and this is when we have to go back to the intro because WWE booked a match and then went oh wait actually we don't want anybody to win and we don't want anybody to lose so it ended in a DQ. This was just Edge spearing Balor halfway through the match because I think he was worried that Priest was going to lose but then Styles jumped in there and he was like no you don't I'm sick of it and when he turned around Rhea Ripley was there and he was gonna thump her before he thought better of it. This allowed Edge to spear him as well so once again the bad guys were standing tall so you can see what we're doing here But look, honestly, we did not need a disqualification on this show, especially because there are so many more. (laughs) So it's got to get it down. We then just had the best segment with Alpha Academy and Kevin Owens because Chad was all like, hey, I figured out a way to expose Ezekiel. I know a bunch of dudes that do DNA testing so we can go and get some of his saliva and go and do the test. Kevin was like, well, that sounds absolutely ridiculous, but let's do it. I then got so excited because Kevin told us he had a guest surprise later and it was going to be his older brother... Ken Owens. And honestly, if you had seen me sitting there and you would have seen my face, you would have thought the meaning of life had just been presented to me. I was so damn pumped. Before all that, though, it was the VIP lounge with MVP or the VIP lounge with MVP. You can pick whichever one you want. The whole point of this, though, is that Cedric Alexander still wants to get with MVP and Omos. And honestly, we got to get a message to Cedric what are you doing? Have you not realised this is not going to work? This is like when you're in school and you're getting bullied. You think, oh man, I want to be in the court kids. So you go and talk to the cool kids and they say go away. Imagine that was a Monday. You don't go on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You just accept the situation and you try and do something else. He must need them for one reason or another though. And this is where Bobby Lashley interrupted to bring it down that 77 in WWE and 118 in all of professional wrestling. He just decked everybody. Including Cedric Alexander. The crowd was quiet for this, although they did pick up when Bob went out there, and I'm just sick and tired of seeing Cedric Alexander killed every week. Although next week we are getting a cage match between Bobby Lashley and Omos. And I can only presume we're doing this because USA networks or the Fox had one, so they're like, uh, excuse me, we want one too. But at the moment, this just ain't clicking, at least not for me. And it's getting it down. So Neville then met with Anna Pierce, and her one big question was, I want to know who my opponent is tonight. And honestly, about eight seconds later, she went, ah, changed my mind, I don't care. This did lead to an in-ring segment, though, and I really liked it, because Sonya was ready for her opponent when Adam Pearce arrived and said, look, I'm really sorry, Deville, but we had another meeting, and we've decided you're no longer the general manager, you're a wrestler, and also, you're going to be facing... The returning Alexa Bliss. Better still, Alexa whooped her ass in about 40 seconds and got the pin after the Twisted Bliss. And while she had Lily here, this felt like her old character. Everybody was pleased to see her. Just really good. Sonya also sold all of this wonderfully. Like she is really good at the character. And this is how you make some progress in the shortest amount of time possible. It's getting a very easy out. He's the best. Because, yeah, he came to the ring as Kevin Owens. He had a wig on and he had a great beard. And the best bit was he kept this pretense up for about eight seconds because he could not handle the fact that Ezekiel was like, oh, my gosh, Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens, is brother. This is what I want wrestling to be. I don't care. People get mad. I want goofy wrestling in everything. I want it in WWE. I want it in AW. I want it in New Japan. I want to get rid of serious wrestling and just do this. Owens used all of this to underline that no one actually believes that Zeke isn't a liar, and we're just humoring him but the whole time Ezekiel just called him Ken. So can we please get some awards for these guys? I think it's very important. The fans also deserve some love because when Kevin Owens ripped the wig off, some of them went, oh my gosh, and they were playing along. And Ezekiel did this too. So Kevin Owens smacked him, Ezekiel fought back. And this is when the Alpha Academy came out. They had the numbers. This Rocks is the best thing ever. Hyperbole for the win. And I'm giving it up. Adam Pearce was then in the back again talking to Oscar when Becky Lynch interrupted. And I think I may have screwed up my counters. Maybe I didn't. The point is now it's up to 78 in WWE. And 199 interruptions in all of professional wrestling. She made a great point. She was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. She's facing Bianca Belair later. And if she beats the champion, she gets a championship shot. That is really dumb. It is. I seemed to ignore this because he decided he was going to do it anyway. And what it feels like we've done here is realise there are no actual contenders for Bianca Belair's championship, so we're going to do a three-way. I would much rather we had just done Oscar versus Becky Lynch by themselves, but at the same time, a triple threat with that trio, you ain't going to go wrong. Oscar was also absolutely brilliant during all of this, and she was shouting at Becky Lynch, calling her a baby. And if anybody else did it, it wouldn't work. But like I say, the Empress of Tomorrow just knows what she's doing. Veer then destroyed Frank Loman Frank Loman cut a promo before this where he said, look, I know I could die here, but I have to do this for my family. I was like, what is wrong with your wife and kids? They went, look, Frank, You go out there, and sure, you may lose your life, but we need to buy some new shoes. Same as ever, though, Frank did get killed here and eventually passed out in the cervical clutch. And I like squash matches. It's the right thing to be doing when it comes to Veer, but the fans aren't reacting like I'm sure WWE hoped the fans would be reacting. So I think next week, we've got to do something a little bit different and maybe something a little bit feud-like. I actually have someone walk up to bear and say, I will fight you, especially because you have a terrible sense of direction and you weren't able to make it for Raw for about 13 years. So I will give it an up. My eye is on it. Cody Rhodes' interview followed. And that is always good. He put over Seth Rollins as one of the best wrestlers in the world. But as far as he's concerned, that chapter of his life is now done. He's going to move on to theory. And he's going to become the United States champion. And I really wanted to believe this. But I also knew I was watching WWE. Because then it did happen. <laughs> and it ended in a disqualification. I mean, I thought we were moving away from these more fully. It's a shame as this was a really fun match and I also thought it did the world of good for Theory because everybody sees Cody Rhodes as a super duper megastar now so the fact he was going toe to toe will make a few people go oh my gosh Theory was able to like smack Cody for a bit. Maybe he's better than I thought. I don't know why they turn into puppets but sometimes it happens. What I don't get is that once again if you do not want somebody to win the match and more importantly you don't want someone to lose the match, don't book the match it's that easy. Like if I go oh I don't want to punch myself in the face I stopped myself doing it. I don't just you know, go absolutely crazy with my fist but just as we were getting to the crescendo and it kind of looked like maybe just maybe Cody was going to become the US champ there was Seth Rollins he took him out disqualification we also made sure this feud is not done because he took Cody's head he put it on Alan the announce table and he gave him the curve stomp and the commentators told us like oh my gosh Cody Rhodes may never come back so this one's kind of intriguing. It also puts us in an awkward place, so I'm gonna do what I always do, ruin the system. Because I really enjoyed this match and it had me on tenter hook, so I'm giving it an up. But when we had that finish, I was just so, so disappointed. I was so flat. I was like, man, why does Raw have to do this? Also, it was a second DQ on one night gotta get it down. I will say I was then pleasantly surprised. The last week we had seen Drop going up to Nikki Ash and saying listen up Nikki Ash your superhero gimmick is a pile of trash why don't you team with me and we can go and do something about it. So here magically they had become a some, and they were going after Sasha Banks and Naomi. Now that one was difficult because I was like why in seven days are they already facing the champions but don't worry about it. What I really enjoyed though is that while I would never advocate for a brand new team losing The reason they did lose here is because Nikki Ash is still in superhero mode and she can't focus on the match. So after she had been defeated, Drop got in there again and said, listen, you absolute goober, you need to get serious, otherwise this is gonna keep happening. I mean, Doudrop looked at Nikki as if she was her daughter who had just fallen off the stage during the school play, but I think we have something here. Just make sure you don't forget and make sure you build it week to week to week until they go against Sasha Banks me round two and this time become the tag team champions. And Nikki has to be like, I'm a villain now or whatever you wanna do. So there are seeds here allow them to grow and it's getting it up. Also because it is a do drop and Nikki, if you want, you can call their team Dan. Don't get why I'm not on the creative team. Raw then had a little wobble again, but I kind of found myself in two different positions because it was The Miz as a special guest referee as Champa was taken on Mustafa Ali. So I was like, okay, well I'm obviously gonna get shenanigans, but I'm also gonna get Mustafa Ali versus Champa. There ain't no way that can be bad. It totally wasn't either, even though it only got five minutes because these two guys are just so good. But our sports entertainment portion of the evening was that given the Miz was the referee, he kept fast counting Champa and he kept slow counting Ali. It's had so many good bits though, like when Ali super kicked Champa and then hit this springboard DDT. But obviously, when he had the pin, Miz was all like, man, I'm so tired. One, two, and by that point, Champa had kicked down. And then Champa did get a reverse DDT and the Miz got down. Honestly, it was the quickest count you'd ever seen in your life. Miz legged it afterwards, so we do have some kind of three-way here. But I am going to give it an up, because like I say, I knew what was going to happen before it did. And I also got five minutes of Ali versus Champa. And please, if somebody could give them 15 on a premium live event, I would greatly appreciate it. And I am interested to see what is going to happen here, because it feels like Champa may join Judgment Day. Who the flub knows? For no reason, one of these Lacey Evans videos then aired on Raw, and I don't think we've ever done that before, and given what did happen on SmackDown, I now have the so I'm going to stand here and wait and see. Because if WWE does actually use all of this to turn her into a heel, I don't know how I'm going to feel about it. It was also time for the 24-7 stuff, and it was so disappointing this week. Basically, our truth had chicked Reggie and Tozawa into meeting Dana Brooke and Tamina, there's no one Mina, because he was going to give them divorce papers Tozawa was so upset, he ran off to Mina, no one, Mina said the truth, you gotta chase him. It's like, dude, you can do anything with the 24-7 title stuff, why don't you make it super dumb? Like, why couldn't our truth be the divorce wizard? And when Reggie and Tozawa turned up, he waved his wand, and then magically, they were divorced. I want this to be offensively stupid, not run-of-the-mill nothing, and I'm giving it a damn. And then we did get to our main event. (laughs) Should have known. Because as ever I got all excited given that it was Bianca Belair versus Oscar and who doesn't want to see that? Only idiots. And for the three minutes they did have I was like oh man this is so damn good. Like at one point Bianca went for the KOD but Oscar reversed it into the arm bar so I made sure I got comfortable because I'm an idiot and I wasn't looking at the time. Because instead as soon as Becky Lynch was bored of this she attacked and she caught the disqualification which means we had three in one night and i'm sorry no wrestling show should be doing more than one because all that happens is this let's say you do do a really good angle and someone gets disqualified like oh my gosh it's so hard hitting when you do the second one diminishing returns and when you get to the third one Nobody even cares anymore. Down. It also puts my already broken system in even more trouble because can I even give them an up because they only went 180 seconds and this disappointed me even more because it was the last of the three. However, I am a positive Pete, so I am going to give it an up. But that is only to put positivity into the world. You listen to me, WWE. I need Oscar versus Bianca Belair. And once again, I need 15 minutes and no shenanigans and no nonsense and no outside nothing. Because seriously, if you let them fly... They will be like birds. Which got us to the end of Raw. And I'll be honest with you, this one was very hit and miss. It actually does feel like now we do need to go get the WWE Raw Championship red belt thingamajig. And make sure we do put it back on there. Because I'm not sure WWE actually has a long-term plan. And they're always better when they do have a long-term plan. But just mostly for that Ken Owen stuff, it is getting it up. The cat